0: And beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. We are Jen and Steph, the hosts and creators of this show. If you're a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more and connect with us over at Coffee and concealerpodcast.com. so dump out that cold coffee that you have reheated three times and pour a hot one. Today's show is worth that hot cup of coffee. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Coffee and Concealer podcast. This is going to be another solo episode. Every now and again, you're going to get either just Steph or just me. That's just depending on our busy, busy schedules. Because as most of you know, between doing this amazing podcast, Steph has the amazing Ella Bella maternity store online, ellabella.ca if you guys want to go check it out. And then for me, I own Cotton and Lace Photography, which is local to Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and it is fall. <laughs> So it's crazy for me. I'm busy all year long, but fall moving into Christmas is a nutso time. But this is a quick episode that I wanted to record as I've gotten a lot of questions about labor. (laughs) This is kind of like a taboo topic. However, having two boys and having very, very different experiences definitely is something that people ask me about all the time. So for a lot of you that don't know, I have an almost four year old and an almost one year old. I feel like I've said that a couple times in episodes. <laughs> the four year old was probably the worst labor I think I've ever heard. And I photograph newborns, so I hear labor stories all the time. I think I have yet to have somebody beat me in hours of labor, hours of active labor, I should clarify. And so just to kind of go into that quick summary, and then I'll go into uh, Holtz labor and actually lack thereof. <laughs> so basically, we have December babies. I'm not sure how or why it happened that way, but we do. So we have a December 9th and a December 16th, right before Christmas. It's a beautiful time to have babies. <laughs> so basically... My pregnancy with Cashton was great. I had zero problems. He was growing nice and healthy. He wasn't too small. He wasn't too big. It was perfect. And so at the beginning of, you know, week 39, I started to have some cramping. And as a first time mom, you don't really know the difference between that and a period cramp. So it's funny because doctors and physicians tell you all the time that you'll know, you'll know when it's a contraction and not just a period cramp. (laughs) So I kind of started cramping and I actually hadn't really had Braxton Hicks with Cashton at all. So, you know, I started cramping and thinking, okay, like that could be something. So I went to bed that night. It was completely bearable. And then the next morning, OMG, it, it came on like like crazy. It was like someone flipped a switch and all of a sudden I was in active labor. I had an amazing doula that we had booked and I actually photographed her wedding about five years prior. And she was so amazing guys. If you are thinking of possibly hiring a doula or a midwife, they are spectacular. Unfortunately, I didn't have one with my, for my ad delivery with Holt and I'll get into that later on, but Jenna, you were amazing and we have a bond that can never be broken. So thank you for that. And so I was texting Jenna, timing my contractions and they were four, one, and one which is kind of the rule here. I think it's worldwide. I'm not entirely sure, but basically four minutes apart is it four minutes apart? I can't remember what 4101 stands for. All I know is (laughs) it was at least a minute long. And so they were happening quite quickly. So Jen is like, you know what? You should go have a shower, relax, see if we can't see what's going on in about an hour or two. And so I went and did that. All was well. Contractions were obviously pretty intense. And so I want to say by like 11 in the morning or so, I was like, we need to go in like these are crazy. So we packed it all up and we went to a hospital here in Calgary and I got there and that was where my disappointment began, (laughs) which I think a lot of first time moms as well. Oh man, we, we really despise those triage nurses because we think it's their fault that they're sending us away when truly, in fact, it's our body's fault. (laughs) So I was barely dilated. I was about at that point, I feel like one and a half centimeters, which if anybody doesn't know anything about labor, you need to be 10. (laughs) So I was not even close. And I had these crazy contractions from the beginning. And so they sent me home and long story short, that happened for about two days. I went back in twice. The second time it had been about 13 or 14 hours since we had first gone in thinking in my head, like I had to have gotten to a different spot. And I was two and a half centimeters. So they said, you still need to go home. So I went home another night and that night was unbearable. I was in so much pain. My husband was like, this is it. Like she's going to (laughs) die. And so day three came and I was like, I can't do this anymore because you're not eating. You're not sleeping. You're not resting. You can't just go home and relax until like those contractions are unbearable. So day three, I went in. And they were about to send me home again. And I said, this can't happen. You can't send me home. Like clearly something is wrong and I need someone to do something. If you send me home, like this is not okay. So they admitted me and actually they had a student nurse check to see how dilated I was. And then a doctor came in and did the exact same thing. And they got two very different measurements which Is kind of strange. So the doctor said, Okay, you're almost four centimeters. We can admit you. And so then they put me in a room. They ended up giving me an epidural, which was amazing. Shout out to the women who can do it without drugs because I am not that woman. So they gave me an epidural and they actually broke my water. And so once they broke my water, the contractions got 100 times worse. So I'm very glad I had the epidural. So I was actually able to sleep for most of. From f- about four centimeters to ten centimeters, they woke me up, and my husband was actually having like a <laughs> bromance. Him and the resident doctor were just telling each other their life sto- life stories, and it was it was quite humorous. And so, ten centimeters hit. I woke up, and they were like, "Okay, it's go time." So they got everything prepped and ready. Doula was there. She was making sure that we were, you know, in good stance. Unfortunately, because I got an epidural, I wasn't able to use a lot of Jenna's tricks and all of the things she has. I called it her tickle trunk. She had all these things, but the one thing I was able to use was a almost like a giant scarf. It's extra long. It's actually called a rebozo and they put a bar over you sometimes if that's how you're going to push and you can actually wrap this rebozo around the bar and then pull almost like pull. Almost like you're going to do like a tricep workout, if that makes sense. I'm doing the motion. Nobody can see that. But (laughs) so I pushed for about four hours, which is insane and nothing was happening. He wasn't out. You could barely see his hair. I know that's a little TMI, but this is a labor story. So, and they finally said like, what is going on? And I was passing out in between contractions and nothing was happening. And then at one point, a doctor, I I swear I could like that nurse's voice was all I heard in the craziness that was in that labor and delivery room. And she said, I think her epidural came out. And I literally woke up from passing out. And I was so flabbergasted that that even happened. So basically, I had turned on my side to push at one point and it pulled up my epidural. So I had and that was the beginning. Because I only turned on my side one time. And so I basically did my four hours completely natural, which is insane. (laughs) So long story short, they were able to get the anesthesiologist back in to put back in my epidural. I'm very, very thankful for. They were actually telling me, Jen, we're gonna go prep the OR for you. We need to do a C-section. And at this point I didn't care. I said, just get this baby out of me. And the good thing is he was never in distress. He was super chill. His heart rate was fine. And so they weren't in a huge, huge panic. So as they were about to head out the door, there happened to be a forceps doctor that was just kind of hanging around and she was able to come in and see what she could do. If she could maybe avoid a C-section. So she did that. She came in. She assessed. Cashton kept flipping the opposite direction. So anytime they would get the forceps on, he would flip the opposite direction and they, they kept slipping. So eventually they got on. It was honestly like a minute of flurry and panic. I'm sure my husband thought I was going to die. And they said, Jen, we got him. We need you to push now. I had literally just like had a contraction, I was exhausted, but somehow deep within our bodies, we find this like superhuman strength to push out those babies. It's actually crazy. So I pushed him out and honestly the adrenaline just gets you through and I held my beautiful, beautiful baby boy who was not small. <laughs> Once I saw him, actually, you know what? We didn't even get to see him right away. They took him to the station because we said, we don't need to hold him right away. Like take him, clean him up, check him out, weigh him. And then we can have him when he's all wrapped up. And that was just a personal choice. And so they took him and the my husband and I are crying and all kinds of stuff, like laughing. And all of a sudden we hear from the other side of the room, that is a big head And we literally burst out laughing. Like that's a moment that's ingrained in my brain forever. And in hindsight, our kid has been in the 97th, 98th percentile for his head his entire life. (laughs) So in hindsight, that is exactly why he wasn't coming out. His head was far too large and he was eight pounds, seven ounces, which I'm not a big human. So those do not go hand in hand. So baby was out all was good. I was going to recover. We're going to go through everything. I had no idea what had just happened to me. And this part is honestly so common that women aren't told about the things that are going to happen to them after. And that's why doulas and midwives are so amazing. So I found out after that, well, actually right away, we looked at Cashton and realized that something was kind of wrong with his face. And we were later told that because he kept flipping back and forth the forcep actually pinched a nerve in his face and he had something called facial palsy for about eight weeks it took a while to go away and he never really could breastfeed because it would pour out the one side where the latch wasn't strong so he needed bottle nipples and soothers to kind of strengthen that lip which you would never know if you looked at him today that that was something he went through That poor baby looked like he had been through world war (laughs) three. He was so battered and bruised and goodness. And then for me, I ended up with a fourth degree tear, which if you don't know anything about tears, it is as bad as it gets. So I had to do a lot of therapy and a lot of things to try to strengthen that pelvic floor muscle muscles and just try to fix your body after that. And that part is honestly one of the hardest things to have to go through so yeah, we were discharged about two days later and then life began as parents and it was a glorious thing, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot to handle and I'm going to tell you whole story in one second. Okay. And so fast forward, probably like two and a bit years, just over two when Cash was about two. We weren't sure if we were going to have any more and we had some divine intervention and <laughs> little hole was conceived. And so we fast forward to about midway. We found out what we were having. We did a gender reveal. It was super cute. And then I was shocked that I was going to be a mom of two boys in hindsight. I love it. They are nut jobs, but I absolutely adore them. And so it was about three quarters of the way through the pregnancy. And I was really contemplating like the fear had come back. It was like some postpartum trauma from the labor I had with cash like as a first-time mom that's not how it's supposed to go I was definitely petrified to have other babies and my body was still not recovered and truth be told it's still not recovered now and so I had a consultation with the hospital about possibly doing a c-section they checked and I knew that once I had found out that we were having another boy I knew that he wasn't going to be a five pound boy or a six pound boy he was going to be a big boy so I had made the decision that I was going to have a C-section after a lot of consultation, and a lot of talk. And honestly, it was the best decision that I could have ever made. Fast forward to, I want to say a couple months later, we got a call from the hospital. They booked us with our date. We found out that it was going to be the 16th of December and that allowed us to plan for cash and get him to grandma's house and all that kind of stuff. And then we ended up yeah, just packing, prepping, all of that kind of stuff. There was no stress about what was going to happen. i done a lot of research myself, a lot of YouTube videos. And so, yeah, I basically, we went into the hospital on the morning of the 16th. Basically, we were on a wait list to see whether we would be the first late air delivery or the, you know, if there were emergencies, we were the first ones. So we went in there, met the doctor. They got my spinal already. Went in. It was so quick. We went into the OR I want to say by the time they brought in my husband, I had been in there for about half an hour. They did all the prep and things like that. And then they brought him in at about five to nine. And they asked me if I wanted to feel my belly one more time, which I did. And Holt was born at 918. It was so quick. And then we ended up back in like a recovery area for about 40 minutes. And then back up to our room, we were, we had him at the brand new hospital here in Calgary. And it was beautiful. Staff were amazing. And Shane had a bed, which we had cash at an older hospital. And so there was not, those luxuries were not there. And Holt ended up being born at eight pounds, five ounces. So I was correct. I knew he wasn't going to be a small boy. <laughs> so, but he was perfect and healthy and there were no issues. And I healed so perfectly from my C-section. And truth be told, I am still healing from cash's delivery versus Holt's, which is crazy to me. But honestly, We're not having any more, but if we were, I would 100% book in for an elective C section just based on my experience. But I see clients all the time who have the most amazing labor experiences, and it happens in two hours from start to finish. So my story isn't meant to scare you, but more meant to educate you in the sense that, yeah, I mean, anything can happen, but as long as you're planned prepared and you have the right people around you, you're going to be okay. But yeah, I just wanted to share this with you. I get asked all the time and I thought I would share the story of our two beautiful boys and how they came into this wonderful world. We'll talk to you guys next time. Hey mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.